This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno, and with me is... Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solana McDaniel, first Q and student at Aikido of Fresno. And part-time instructor. Assistant, assistant. Assistant to the assistant instructor. Before the pandemic <laughs> happened, I think she got uh, six classes in, seven classes oh, in. Yeah. <laughs> one she, month. She did classes. have a regular yeah. class, though. Yeah. I have one student. Yeah. That's fine. No, yeah. I mean, one student's Everything, a start. Yeah. Okay, we're here. We're ready. We're going to talk about some, some stuff. Um, some stuff. Yeah. Talk about some and stuff. And you know what? It's going to be related to Aikido. Probably so. As Probably is so. the you forgot what we're talking uh, about? format of the show. We actually I know didn't, exactly what we actually we're didn't say what we were going to talk about right before we got on. However, we had talked about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, and then I forgot, but now I'm remembering. <laughs> what do you What do you remember? I'm not going to tell you guys. <laughs> this is the the. Uh, it wasn't my where... idea. This is why I'm not going to tell you. That. <laughs> That's what it is. We're going to talk about Yueshiba uh, <laughs> the Trickster. Apparently, I'm the only one who remembers. But no, I no, I remember. It's <laughs> okay. just not my idea. I don't want to like you know. You're, well, you're usually the guy though, right? Who had right? Who has? So, I, but in this case, I didn't want to take all the like. I didn't want to be like, hey, it's my great idea for her, because it wasn't my idea. And we would have been so offended too, Bill. That fucking job. Always look, taking look, the credit for the ideas. Credit for ideas that guy come up with. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyway, here, so, I'm, here I'm working for months on an idea. Right, he just right. Steals right. it out from under me. <laughs> um, so this is something that you've done. Have you? Do, you've done some videos in this vein before, right? I've done some things talking around this. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've really ever talked completely about how I feel about this. Um, but yeah, there's been some stuff yeah. around this. Um, it, for those who uh, hang around and kind of pay attention to what you're doing, that it should. It should come as no surprise uh, that this would be a topic we would be oh, yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the old man was a bit of a trickster. He was quite a trickster. And I honestly believe that is part of Aikido. The like, old man. I mean, yeah. he, he was probably a trickster his whole life, I would assume, yes. not just when yeah, he was yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I just assume, like, it, it paints a better picture for me to think of him as an old man trickster than, like, the young, you know. yeah. I mean, who knows, like, exactly what this stuff comes from. And, and I'm, you know, this is all pure conjecture on my part. It's just, it's awfully coincidental, um, the things I want to point out. But but I think it's not a lie. Like, so, so there, he did lots of deceptive things. I think those deceptive things are in line with what Aiki and Aikido are. And I don't think that's anything, I don't think it's wrong or right, weird, right, you right. know, like... Um, and We're I was using the word trickster, but without any of the negative right. or trying. Not yeah, yeah, to, yeah. I and mean, I mean, I think you could. I mean, I like to say that because I like to call someone a son of a bitch. Yeah, right, right. But but that doesn't mean I hate them. It just right. means, well, I guess yeah, I'm kind of a son of a bitch. And there's like, something like I don't know. I find there's something to be like kind of cool about. Like, yeah, hey, look at that guy. He's a trickster. Yeah, he's getting. Us. He's he's yeah. getting one over on you. But you know. And you can appreciate that, I feel like, you know? Yes. I think you, you should be able to appreciate the fact that someone uh, is is using their smarts to... Absolutely. To get us. And I think it's very in line with with IKEA, yeah. very, as, as very. I understand it. Um, but so I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about... Um, so if you don't know, if you've listened to the podcast, I've probably, you've probably heard me say this before. But so, um, you know, I, I had two big interests in my life. 
Um, and, and one part of those big interests, uh, one of those bigger interests, it's just a piece of, of this, but, but, um, is, is magic, um, like stage magic and how magic works. And, um, you know, my mom used to work for a a magician here in Fresno. Uh, my first pet ever was a rabbit that got pulled out of the hat. Um, so I've been kind of around it and thought about it my whole life. Um, spent all of my teenage years dorking out on magic as much as humanly possible. I can, I, Josh was like, I, I was can there. attest. I can attest. Um, so, uh, so I, I'm very interested, and in also magic. a good and, part of your latter years, also. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Just so in I, a different may, maybe recently I, I did a, a, a show uh, involving that. But but anyway, uh, so yeah, so it's a dorky pastime of mine, and um, you know, a lot of things about Yuishiba and me, and, and kind of why I think I'm interested in Aikido and why he created the martial art he did is, you know, that guy was clearly interested in very martial things, very, you know, like conflict and how we deal with it, and also interested in like spiritually stuff, and I'm a similar kind of dude, and um, to me, looking at the things he's done historically that people are like, oh, you know, these are Yuishiba's magical feats he's done. Um, Stories about what he's done. right. Those things line up very coincidentally well with the kinds of magic acts that were popular in the world around that time. Um, and I, Just to give a little bit of background, not only has Chris been interested in like performing magic, but learning about the history of magic and has read, I don't know how many books on, you know, magic um, as it came to be, you know, 1850s or so and beyond. Right, 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 right. So he's very familiar with that. I'm interested in the history of magic. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's really funny because a lot of the things that he does, people are like, oh, how amazing. And it's like... Well, or that was being performed by Herman um, right, right. in Europe at this right, very same right. time, yeah. that, you know, like, or not quite, but, but, um, you right. know, it, it long enough gaps that you could see how maybe the word had gotten to him or the books had About, gotten to him. Yeah, yes. I would love um, to be able to look at the library um, that he had and see and, what books were on, yeah. on his shelves, because I would assume there, there are a few books sort of magic, I would recognize, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. that probably weren't written in Japanese or translated. But, but anyway, so, um, uh. Things like, you know, dodging bullets. Um, that is a classic magic trick. Um, and the bullet catch is one of the most famous histories in magic. And that's where someone shoots a bullet at you and you catch it in your teeth. Um, and there's a number of ways to do that. But basically the way that that's set up and the way his famous showdown with the, the Japanese marksman is very, very identical to the same way that trick is done by many magicians. Um, all of his feats of amazing strength uh, were done uh, throughout the United States by a few different performers, but uh, Lulu Hurst is is one of the the, the bigger performers who did that. Um, and she would get up on stage, and all kinds of big, strong, hulking farmers would get up and try and lift her and do stuff to her, and she they couldn't, couldn't do it. You know, yeah. yeah, and she yeah. would chase them around the stage, and they would fly off the stage, and and so it's like you know when when people see stuff that Yuichiba did or, or, or recount the recollections, it's like, oh man, well clearly this is proof that he had some kind of you know super strength or some kind of whatever stuff, right? And it's like, well, it's proof something happened that was interesting to people. But what that something was, we we don't know. It's more likely proof that he had a really deep understanding of how the human mind operates and was able to exploit that for his, uh, to his own ends. Yes. And I mean, I think this is exactly what I'm saying is I think is totally in line is it's a, 
Aiki is about understanding how minds work, how your mind works, how someone else's mind works, and the relationship between your two minds. And so there's a guy who knew all about that. Like he understood it very, very well. And that's why he could get away with the stuff he did, not because he had a physical power that was amazing, but because he understood the workings of a mind, you know. I think, you know, so we learn a lot about what Ueshiba did through stories from his students and from people around him. And there's a lot of doubt around those stories because that's – you know, they are stories, you know, so you have no idea if they've been embellished over the years or if they are, um, you know, uh, tinted by the ideas of the storyteller themselves or, you know, that it, the story's changed three times since it went from mouth to mouth. Um, so, like, there's an element of, like, we don't know what really happened. So, on one hand, it's like, take all this with a grain of salt because, you know, these maybe isn't actually – this these stories aren't maybe actually how it happened. Right. So we're, we can all, we only have what we can go off of. I mean, I'm sure everyone's got a, a real-life example of this, but this one blew me away when I was a kid. So when I was 15, I did a magic show, a series of magic shows at the Unger Opera House uh, in Selma, California. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, so I did a full little stage show thing. And um, one of the tricks I did um, basically worked like this. I would ask someone to come on stage. I would have them select a card. I would have them select an orange, right? This is kind of a famous magic trick. They would select an orange from one of three oranges on the table. And then I would take that orange and then I would cut it open and their card would be inside and I would have previously ripped the corner off of the card and their corner that they had torn off their card would match up, right? Okay, so that's the trick, Yeah. right? Now, I remember after I did that show in high school, several kids coming up and saying like, oh, I saw that show you did. And the way that they would tell me the tricks were done was were way fucking way right, awesomer, right, right, way right, awesomer right, than I could have done. You know, right. one kid said, yeah, I remember that you um, threw a deck of uh, cards out to the audience. You had someone pull a card out and then you had someone else rip it and they kept the corner. And then we all went outside and there was an orange tree and you pulled an orange. And I was just like, what the fuck would this have even happened? Like, how could this have happened? And he's telling me this as if that really was what happened. And, and I think he had kind of yeah. – to you him, know, it probably was how it Right. Yeah. That's the way he remembers it. So a lot of times when people say like, oh, he did this thing. And it's like, all right. So something like that happened. But we can't really count on all the details right. being the same. And to me, you can't really count on the details being right until you hear like maybe six or seven people start to say basically this right. thing And then happened, you can kind of you know? pull out the, yeah. the, the, the meaty truth. You can rush them on it, all. you know. Yeah. And the other thing, too, I wanted to say is that, like, it probably helped a lot to his advantage that the people that were attracted to Ueshiba at least started out as younger people. And the excitement of a young student can do a lot for telling that story. You know, and and your example is perfect as another teenager comes up to you and is like, oh, my God, you know. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, someone who was younger even, yeah. Right, And, and so that, you know, I think having a youthful mind does a lot to um, easily embellish a story or make inferences, I think, a lot, too. I don't know. I read stories from um, Ueshiba students, and I'm like, wow, you know, a lot of what they're describing has more to do with their own personal experience than what Ueshiba was doing. You know, like, the actual telling of the story will be like, and then I saw blah, 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 and then I felt blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's more about the storyteller experience than what Ueshiba was actually doing. And so it's like, I wonder how much of that is their own personal experience with what happened. And that right, doesn't mean that, right. that those things actually really happened that way, you right, know? Right, um, There was this time when uh, Yoshiba was teaching at a naval academy, and um, there's lots of little segments of the story, uh, of stories about that happening that I've kind of thought about a lot. And it's interesting because 
One version of the story was, uh, or one of the tellings was, Yueshiba went to this academy and was teaching a bunch of people some kind of uh, kendo, kinjutsu kind of techniques. And one of the kids thought Yueshiba didn't really have any martial ability. And so like kind of said as much to him. And so what Yueshiba did was grab the kid and pick him up off the ground with one hand. Okay, now that's yeah. one telling of the story that, that's out there. And so that sounds amazing, right? It's like, yeah. oh yeah, Yueshiba grabbed a kid and lifted yeah. him in the air with one hand. All right, no, I'm a pretty strong guy. It would be hard for me to pick anyone over the age of 10 up right, with one right, hand right. and, and yeah. lift them up high, you know? So mm-hmm. so that's a difficult thing. And so when you think of, you know, this little five-foot-tall guy going up to a, a college student, essentially, and picking him yeah. up, it's impressive, right? Okay, now around that series of stories, um, there's another story that one of the things Yueshiba would do to impress the students was um, put his hand on a desk. And then have kids sit on his arm. Oh, uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. so yeah, yeah, yeah. so like what he would do is reach out to the side and stick his arm on a desk and then have kids sit on his arm. Yeah. Okay, now that is a, a leverage thing that can be done relatively easily. Sure. I was telling Maya when I was a kid I used to do it. I would lay between two desks, like right, with right. my head on one desk and my feet on another desk and have kids sit on me, you know. Yeah. But, but it is a similar kind of thing, you know. So so it's like, okay, well, there was that kind of thing going on where Yueshiba's holding a kid or two up in the air. Right. And then there's an account of Yueshiba um, uh, doing it with his pinky on a desk, right? And so mm-hmm. now that sounds more impressive. And then I heard an account. Uh, actually, I heard it was an interview, an old interview that was found um, of Yueshiba. And he was talking to an interviewer. And he, the interviewer asked how strong Yueshiba was. And Yueshiba said, well, regularly I can carry two uh, sacks of, of rice in getta, right? Like the little wooden shoes that are kind of hard to balance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so the two sacks of rice is really heavy. I don't know how much it weighs, like 150 pounds each yeah. or something. You know, big, big sacks of rice, though. So um, uh, it's like, oh, and the interviewer's like, oh, you're very strong. And so then Yoshiba kind of distracted the interviewer and said, well, yeah, the other day I was hanging out with these students, and I, I think he's alluding to the Naval Academy uh-huh, is what he's uh-huh, saying. Uh-huh. And, um, uh, and he asks his student who was there during the interview, he says, uh, how many did I hold up here on my arm? And he says, um, two, maybe it was three students. And Yoshiba said, two or three students? I don't even need the chopstick for that. Okay, now. This doesn't so he make... alludes to some chopstick yeah. for some reason? Yeah, so he reason? alludes to some chopstick. So, so basically a ploy that's regularly used by magicians is to say, um, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing this cute little divisive thing um, that has nothing to do with what's going on. And then there's a secret to how the illusion is. So him saying, you know, like, I didn't need the chopstick means that, like, he, he would probably regularly say, oh, well, if there's going to be this many of you, I'll need a chopstick to help <laughs> right, my, right, hold my arm right, up. Right, right, but right, the chopsticks... Right, 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 right. Probably uh, some device, right, right, right some right, some other right, thing right. is coming into play because he's using that, uh-huh. and so like reading that as a magician, I'm like, oh, well, okay, there's <laughs> some even, right, some little right, trick right, you're right, up right. to, you know, but but all that to say that like the way it really went down, which I think is probably much closer to him bracing his arm against something and then having right, someone right, sit right. on it, which is a feat most people can right, do, right. Um, and, and picking someone up. With right, one right, hand, right. you know, and so like mm-hmm. you see the big divergence between those two. Mm-hmm. And it's like if we think like, oh, man, he must have just been ferociously strong. It's like well, he's probably stronger than the average person because he did martial arts right, for his whole right. life. But the way that story can be told and manipulated and retold right. gives him a greater ability than he actually had probably. Especially if he was uh, sm- like if he himself understood uh, that the way that he talked about it yes. would be. Uh, the way that it would get retold as well. Yes, you know. I mean, so in this. So if you're a good salesman, a good, you know, magi- a good 
performer, uh, performer, a good like if you're one of those kinds of people, um, the way that you can present yourself or you, you know. Uh, you can present yourself as larger than life. In yes, order, you know. yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think he definitely was a great salesman. I mean, he he definitely liked to move along uh, the Japanese elite, the circles of the right, Japanese right. elite, and like the stories of him hanging out with all kinds of different famous people. And so, like that that tells you that he was interested in promoting what he was doing and trying to make a living at it. And you know, no one can fault anyone on that. And that's the same stuff that happens all the time. Yeah. Now, now, was that in um, a complete deficit to something? Actual that he was presented, I think not. You know, like so. I think he was presenting something that was really awesome, and then he was just selling it as best he could. Right. You know, uh, in that same. Do you feel like there was uh, uh, any uh, mischie- mischievousness about it? Like, do you get the sense that, like, so we're calling him a trickster, and that has a certain sort of like play in my mind about what a trickster is, and that there's a bit of mischievousness about it, like. I'm getting something over on you. And it may be, it's not important, the thing that I'm getting over on you, but I just am because that's the kind of guy I, you know. I, do, do you get a sense that there's that? that absolutely. That I yeah. mean, I think he was having fun with it. I mean, I, he enjoyed doing yeah. that kind of stuff. I think, but like um, like a... Uh... The kind of mischievousness that's not um, like sinister, in yeah, a way. like no, no, no. like right. the There's kind no... of mischievous that like an like an old man has trying to teach a kid some that's, lesson. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why yeah. I was saying oh, I think mischievous is exactly know? the right word for yeah, it. Yeah, you know? Like there's this stereotype of like the old man playing some, you know playing some little trick on a kid and the kid falling flat on his face or something and the old man laughing, you know, uh, and like the kind of trick that later the kid will have to think about, think about, think about, and eventually it will come to him why that mistake was made or how he got tricked. But it's like it's got to sit with you for a while and you got to work on it. Meanwhile, the old man's going, <laughs> There's a story Saito Sensei tells about like why he was truly impressed with Yoshiba, uh, you know, and basically like him and some friends went up to check up this weird mystic guy who lived on the mountain and apparently taught some kind of Budo, and so he wanted to learn it, and apparently, according to the story, um, Saito Sensei, Yoshiba uh, said, hey, um, well, if you want to see how this works, just go ahead and try and hit me. And then, like, uh, like he was like, how? Hit me how? He's like, I don't know. Can you kick can you kick me, right? And then, you know, Saito Sensei says, like, oh, you know. And then next thing I knew, I found myself on my back, and I don't know what happened, you know. And, and so I, I realized I had come across right. a true master, blah, 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 blah. All right, there's a now, lot of, it seems like there's a lot of those stories. Yeah, like, there's, I mean, there's the, a yeah, ton the, of those. Yeah, the, the, like, the, next thing the I knew. next thing I knew, right. I was on the ground. Right, yeah. right. And the next thing I knew tells you a lot about that. Um, we'll, we'll get to that, I think, when That's you tell That's the, the yada, yada, yada. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, well, it's yada, just like they don't know how it happened, you know, like, so they can't really say. Um, but so the thing about that that's interesting is like, you know, when you hear that story, like I remember the first time I heard that story, I thought like, well, Saito Sensei, you know, he's a, a, an impressive martial artist. He's a real strong guy. And here's this old man. And, um, you know, Saito Sensei did this really awesome kick. And somehow, you know, Yoshiba like did something to him and he doesn't even know what happened. All right. Now, let's phrase that into what really happened was there was a 16-year-old kid who doesn't know shit about shit because he's 16. And he hadn't become Saito Sensei yet. Right, right. And he goes up a mountain and talks to a guy who spent his whole life studying martial arts. And the guy told him, here's what I want you to do. Try and kick, kick me. me. Right, right, right. And then somehow mysteriously he found, as like, I, I could direct anyone on earth maybe. I mean, maybe not elite, elite martial artists. But like, 
any normal, any 16-year-old kid for certain, like, hey, I want you to do right. this kind kick, of shot yeah, to me. Kick me, right. And then I can <laughs> right, do something right, impressive right. with it. Because it's like it's totally set up. And so, like, to the kid, it's like, man, I, I'm I sure tried I to kick, kick him people. as hard as he can. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, because he told you to kick him. And right. then you wonder why you didn't weren't able to kick him. Like, right, yeah. right, right. And it's like that's great because you know that Saito Sensei that's tells awesome that story – later in his life to his students and he's like wow your teacher must have been even more amazing than you because they beat you and it's like no but at the time he of course he's doesn't he's not saying this i was a 16 year old kid who knew nothing and kicking with all my might meant like you know a tiny little like right whatever a 16 year old kid thinks is badass i mean you know if it wasn't like the fact that you are doing the thing that the person told you to do Mm-hmm. Right. Sets yeah. you in a position, uh, you know. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It, so it's like, yeah, you, you come punch me, and then I move out of the way of the punch. Well, of course, like. But you know. it, it does a great job for Ueshiba's reputation, even posthumously, even now, you know, because it's like, wow, Saito Sensei was the one telling this story, and he turned out to be a really right. strong, right. powerful person. So, like, his teacher must have right. been even more amazing. Right. You know, I didn't even know what happened. There right. was magic. Right. And I think this points to this little fallacy that we have about history that a person is always the same exact person they were throughout the entirety of their life and it's like no like someone was 16 at once and the things that they thought and felt when they were 16 are very different from the ideas that they had when they were 60 That's you right. know and a lot of these stories you know the the majority of these stories come from people who were in their early years in life and they were blown away by this mystic old guy who right. by the way had spent his whole life not only training in hard martial arts but thinking about how to deceive people right, right you know like right, right. and hanging around with politicians <laughs> yep, and right. spiritual people right. the kind of people that deceive, deceive people. people right 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 um, and you know the, I guess it sounds bad when you say deception but but it's like you just understand how to manipulate someone's mind right, and get right. it to, to do what you want to do, you know. Which in and going back, I mean, that is the very sort of foundation about uh, of what we're doing. You know, it's like understanding uh, the person's mind. Like we were just the other day uh, with in a kids class recounting the a couple of stories about uh, dodging the old man dodging bullets, um, and you know coming to the realization that like look you can't dodge bullets um but once it's out of the gun those bullets uh don't just magically appear out of the end of the gun there is a whole series of events that leads to and if you can get ahead of all of that then yes it it would be very easy to dodge a bullet right 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 right. um but if you just tell the story about how you dodged a bullet well that's awesome right yeah right yeah and uh you know it's full of that i mean yoshiba made a, a real career out of literally um out of um changing what was happening yeah. you know so there's a story about redirecting him and, right exactly which is, right yeah, which is ip ma- i mean it's right. exactly what well it and is. it's also magic yeah right like i mean say, yeah. like it, it is all you know and we've talked about it on the podcast before but you know when you get down to it the 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 secrets of magic are always stupid simple you know, right. they're always just like the most ridiculous thing. A paperclip. And, and it's in the, it's in the, um, it's in how they're able to do it. You know, right. I, I've been watching a lot of magic videos lately, just sleight of hand stuff that, you know, it's all over, you know, TikTok and YouTube and all those things. Um, and uh, people will show how the trick is done and then they'll do the trick. And it's crazy because most of the time, even knowing how the trick is done, my mind still can't, um, process 
how it's like process the trick as it's happening if right, that makes sense right, right. Um, and that's the thing right is like understanding how my mind wants to to link events and and putting playing a, with that putting a hiccup in there yeah right right it's funny you know so uh so recently did a um uh traditional victorian seance uh and josh and maya participated in this and um a, a, a bizarre event happened during this that no one was expecting to have happen. And it was it the first show. Right. Happened in the dark. And um, I knew what happened because I knew everything around the event. You know? He knew so, the logistics right, of the whole yeah. show. So, so I knew why it happened. And when the lights came back on, one of the people who was sitting at the table for the seance um, had to recount this amazing thing that had happened. And, and she starts talking about it. She's like got these, you know, giant saucer eyes and like she's blown away oh by it. Oh my you know? gosh, she's like freaking, the whole right. audience is I like dumbstruck. Tell you. Right. right. And <laughs> it was weird enough that I, I didn't, I, I of course wasn't going to let her in on what's happening, but I, I basically told her what had what, to probably happen. Yeah, and I yeah. did it in a, in a, in a in tricky a way that uh-huh. she wouldn't put it together. But I told her what had happened. And then she looked at me and said, no, that couldn't have happened. <laughs> right, right, right. I was like, well, <laughs> but I'm certain that that's what happened. You know? And it's great because like even <laughs> even even in the face of the absolute truth, truth and, and it, yeah. so of course the most likely thing to have happened, because she's now had this experience, that, that's not what could right, have happened. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and because it I'll happened in happens. such a way that she couldn't have made sense of it, right. there was no choice for her but to j- jump to the next logical thing for her, which was, you know, Spirits. Yeah, spirits must have. <laughs> and and it was awesome. I mean, it made the 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 show that much more like uh, gripping at at right. the end there, you right. know. And the whole audience was like, "Wow," you know. Lights and come up, and she's like, "Oh my god, I have to tell you." Yeah, wow. it was it was awesome. Yeah. It was yeah. exactly the coolest thing that could have happened. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that I think Yoshiba made his whole career out of. Yeah. You know, it was like stuff like that, like taking advantage of, of when things like that happen. And that is Aiki. I mean, that's how we're trying to deal with things all the time. And it's not through pure deception. It's through understanding how someone else's mind works and then figuring out how to work with that. And it could be deceiving them. It could be giving them exactly what they want. It could be taking away the thing that they hate. It could be all kinds of stuff. But it's about a, a, an energetic interaction that's happening in our minds. You yeah. Know? And you know what's extra cool, like – is that like for that woman that had that experience, I'm sure that story is going to stick in her mind probably for the rest of her life. Um, and I don't mean to like make it a bigger deal than it is, but like it, it sh- you know, she was shook. And like that's really cool because like for the rest of her life, she's going to be like telling this she's story like, about what? this crazy what experience. What really did happen there? You know? I'm sure that and, and like flew someone in to – When you, know, when you have an experience like that, like you want to tell people and it, it sticks with you, you know? And right. so I'm sure for the people that encountered Ueshiba, like he was having that effect on people all the time and that just, you know, went made the stories go wild, you know? Sure, people were telling all kinds of people and that does so much for your reputation, you know? So here's a question. Does – can that even exist anymore? Like, I mean, does it even exist? Can we, could we even have, and is one of the reasons that Aikido is where it's at, is like the magic of the world has been taken away and now all that is left is like, like people want, people don't want the magic. People want like the results of the magic. I think you should ask um, Apple or Starbucks or (laughs) Instagram or Facebook or you know, like, well, so I'm look, talking about in martial arts. Uh, yeah, well, so, so, I mean, I think that the first thing we got to talk about is is the bigger thing, which is that, which is like, that stuff happens all the time, and a deception is not a deception if you know it's happening. Right. right. And so it's like, you know, I, I remember when I was a kid, I used to always think like, 
oh man, back because I mean, Grandpa would tell me stories, you know, about his dad and stuff, and it would always be like, you know, some cowboy shit, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, we deceived the banker, blah 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 blah, and and um. I would think like, man, the world was so simple back then. Now it's hard to deceive <laughs> right, the world, right, right. right? Okay, now when I think about the time when I was a kid and I was saying that, I was all, man, the world was so simple then, right, right. it was easy to deceive the world. Right, right. And so like, it's always easy to deceive the world if you do something that no one knows is happening, sure, you know? Sure. And so like, so can you still do that? Absolutely. Yes. And there's big companies doing it all the time. Uh, Starbucks convinced us that it's the third place. They invented right, a place. Right, it's right. not your home. It's not your work, but it's the third yeah. place. And, and they did that quite successfully and have made a zillion dollars the the idea of a tribe with nike or the idea of you know all this stuff you know marketing does it all the time right now so if you pull that back down convince you you need something exactly you don't right. actually need exactly right and so if you pull it back down you get guys and i'm not going to name any names because i think it's a little underhanded to do but um you see lots of guys i see lots of guys in the aikido community for sure and in other martial arts communities that are selling you something that is not what really is happening and there's an honesty in that in some ways because most people don't actually want the thing, the thing they think that they want. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what I was saying about like Yueshiba mm-hmm. being, being the old mischievous man that like wants to teach you a lesson in a way that it's going to take you away a, a real a, – a reason <laughs> – uh, it's going to take you a, a while to realize what's actually happening. I think that's exactly what you're saying right now, which is that like there's a trick – and that is what people think they want. And then there's the behind the scenes thing that's really happening. And it's going to take them. But there's a lesson there that they need to learn. But they think they want the trick. But they're, they're really going to be in the long run there for the lesson, which is what they're going to learn eventually. Right. And I think that's what's going on with what Ueshiba wanted to do with his students. You know, let's have like some pyrotechnics and ooh, come on in, you know, come to my school. And then he would teach these young people how to be good people and and how to, you know, do Aikido in a more literal way. Right. I mean, you have tons of people that came out of Ueshiba's tutelage that Mm -hmm. um, lived very successful lives and happy lives and and had careers and did all kinds of great things in the world. So, so, I mean, it definitely worked. Um, How it's done is is a different thing, you know? Yeah. Um, And to me, it's only really underhanded when it's like um, you're not giving what you're saying you're giving. Right. You know, you're not really addressing a need, you know? Right. It's like for me, you know, like, look, I thought what I wanted was to learn to be the toughest beat-em-up guy in the world. What I really wanted was to grow up and stop hating myself and feel better about the world. Right. That's that's what I fucking yeah. really wanted. That's what I got. Um, and I didn't need what I said I needed. Um, I right. needed someone kind of showing me it in a different light, you know, and right. I had to go through a bunch of steps to get that. But So I, I think it's perfectly fair to, like – Give someone what they actually really do want, you know? Yeah. Even if it's not what they're saying they want. And then I think that's... We're on shaky philosophical ground. Right, no. (laughs) But, I mean, that's been the role of martial arts for a long time is to kind of um, seem mysterious and amazing and draw young people that want to work hard and are ready to learn about themselves. But, you know, are there on the surface for hardcore awesome stuff, you know? And then they learn how to be good people in the process because that's... Anything that you work hard at for long enough, you start working on yourself through that. And so that's that's like a pillar of what martial arts are. It's just the level at which you deceive versus what the person actually gets out of it at the end. If that becomes too unbalanced, then it starts to become... Well, and there's also, I think, a level of your own deception, <laughs> because I think some of it is uh, you, are you deceiving yourself, you know? 
there's a level, you know. Yeah, do you as, now believe you're this master guru? Right. As, as, as the person doing mm. the thing. Right. Are you deceiving right. yourself right. or are you true to yourself and using that in to, you know. I think it's real easy as a teacher to fall into that trap because um, you start to put yourself in a position where no one actually challenges you anymore. And so you're like, oh, yes, I must be the best. I move my arm like this and everyone falls down. And, and I see a lot of these guys who give these uh, quote, unquote, amazing key demonstrations like, well, everyone's falling down because you're the teacher and they're supposed to fall down. You right. know, like mm-hmm. um, you have to find ways to challenge yourself. Right. And Well, and, and yeah. And in that situation, yeah, they're they're. Right, they're they're supposed to fall down, or at the very least, they're not supposed to not try not to fall down. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, right. So, so it's kind of like, um, like a person seeing a magician and saying, "I want to become a magician," you know, and they're drawn to it by the tricks. Mm -hmm. But then once they become an apprentice magician, they learn that there are stuff behind the tricks that Mm -hmm. they actually have to learn to know to become a magician. Mm -hmm. And if they were self deluding, then as they become the magician, they would think they actually have magic that they powers. actually have magic powers, That's and right. that they're not doing all this behind-the-scenes stuff that makes them the magician to people on the outside. Right, right, right. Or you know, maybe uh-huh. eventually they have a, a staff of assistants who set up all the magic tricks for them, and they even kind of forget that there's you know just right. like, does they work magically even, right, to them too. Right, and they're like, right. I must have magic right. powers. And then one day they try I to float a car. My, and, right, right. I snap right. my fingers, and suddenly this thing drops. And right, how right. Did that happened. Right. Got it. So, uh, you know, it, it's anytime you start to play with realities, uh, it gets tricky. Um, but but also then the, the other side of that is, you know, reality is not what you think it is anyway. So that inherently is tricky. So, you know. Yeah. Let's talk about the um, the the shooting, um, the marksman story, mm-hmm. the, the the dodging bullets, because I those are the ones that we talked about the other day in the kids class. And I thought it was super interesting how we kind of discussed that with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um because it's fun to kind of tell this magical story and then go, now what do you think is going on with this? You know? Did he really dodge bullets? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, uh, uh, yeah, we can talk about however we want. But I think comparing and contrasting the two different stories told by um, Gozo Shioda is interesting. And so one of the two stories is um, Gozo Shioda, he says he was there on both of these accounts, um, that um, the Japanese um, uh, marksmanship team for the Japanese army um, I, I can't remember all the specific details, but they basically um, took a little offense to Yoshi was saying he was bulletproof, right? So he said he was bulletproof. Um, or and bullets can't hit bullets him. Bullets roll off of him, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah he's invulnerable to bullets, there it essentially. Is, invulnerable yeah. to bullets. Um, and so um, the, this this group took a, a fence with it, apparently, and so they um, had this uh, document written up. They challenged Yoshiba. Yoshiba accepted the challenge. Then they had a document written up that said that if they kill him, no one could be held right. accountable because he's going into this of his which own is a really, will. Which is a really awesome thing if you're trying to set something up oh, yeah. to be like, Hey, sign this. I'll even sign this paper right, for you. Right, right. Really you prove need. to you that, <laughs> you know, like, that's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. Um. Anyways, and so then he went before these marksmen, and there were six of them, and they had pistols, and they shot. And after they shot, um, there was a big cloud of smoke, and then all of a sudden, Yoshiba was laughing behind them, and I think he even threw one of the dudes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then they said, um, they said, "Oh, I bet you can't do that again." So then he did it again, and um, he apparently covered a huge amount of distance in this time, and ended up behind the guys, and no one knew how he did it, and no one was able to shoot him, um, et cetera, so forth. 
Um, okay, so that's one story about him being invulnerable to bullets. And then contrast that to another story where apparently Gozo Shiota retold this story to a friend of his who was a hunter, and he was a very good hunter, apparently with a with a rifle he could shoot a single bullet, shoot the head off of a little tiny bird really easily. So he's quite a marksman, right? And so when Shiota told this story to the marksman, the marksman said, um, oh, there's no way he could get out of the way of my bullet yeah. because I, I hit these bird's heads all the time. He's like, I, I'd shoot that guy. And so he said, I, I'd challenge him. I bet he can get the other one in mine. So Yoshiba come, or he goes to Yoshiba's dojo. Yoshiba accepts a challenge. Yoshiba sits in uh, Seza opposite him. The guy takes aim and Yoshiba says, wait, 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 you're actually going to shoot yeah. me. Um, you're the first uh, marksman I've ever met who shoots before he shoots. And indeed you would have shot me yeah. today, right? And um, man, I think this is really clever, awesome spin. Um, and there's so I have the it's one article that kind of is telling about these different challenges that Ueshiba and other people, other teachers have done. Um, and so this is maybe a different quote depending on the translation, but I really liked the two quotes at the end of each of these stories from Ueshiba. So on the, from the first one with the six marksmen, he, he, he tells Shiota, after it's all done, he says, before the explosion, as the trigger is pulled, a flash like a golden ball flies off. The actual bullet of the revolver comes later. Therefore, it is easy to avoid. And then in the second story, um, he says, wait, your bullet will hit me. Your thoughts are undistorted and clearly you want to hit me. From the beginning, you've known that you're going to hit your target. I cannot avoid the gun of such a man. You are a true master. So awesome. Um, <laughs> I think this whole thing is part of a, a, a so I'm going to tell the nitty gritty and then I'm going to tell what I think's the moral or the good stuff behind the story. But here's the nitty gritty bit. I think Yoshiba was on a press campaign at this time, right? That's what we'd call it now, not what they would have called it then. Right. But he was trying to get attention yeah, to his dojo. Yeah. I think uh, the other article that I'd referenced before about him putting his arm out and being able to hold uh, these kids out or maybe lifting them up off the ground, whatever. In that same article, when the guy was talking to him, he was asking him how his system, how Yoshiba's system is different than other stuff. And Yoshiba just said, I'm invulnerable to bullets. Yeah, bullets can't touch um, bullets me. Bullets can't touch me, yeah. right? And then he said, when uh, someone takes the safety off the the, the weapon, um, I can see a little light that comes out, and I just avoid being where the light is, right? Okay. Now, then what I think happened from that was that was a first press moment, and then Yoshiba arranged a situation where, where yeah, these marksmen and him, and, they have, and it's good for the Japanese army. It's good for the the people at this time when they're like, oh, my God, we have a guy who can dodge right, bullets. Right. So, like, clearly, clearly those guys in the West are going to be no match for us because we have a guy who can dodge yeah. bullets. And that guy who dodges bullets, he's training the army, some right, of our soldiers. Right, right. He's already been training kids at the Naval Academy, Right. right? Okay, so then they 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 orchestrate this, and I could think of several ways this technically went down, but who cares? Basically, it was made to show Yoshi yeah. was bulletproof. Okay. Yeah, whether it was Dodgeable. a conspiracy, they all worked together, or whether he it was some young people who didn't know how to shoot, and right. you know there was nothing to dodge essentially. Right. Like yeah. yeah, and you know like magicians have done this with people who didn't even know they were accomplices right, um, right, many right. many times. So right. there's a million ways you could pull it off. Um, I could think of how I would do it, but but anyways, there's ways to pull it off. Okay, so then after this, Gozo Shiota is telling this story to his friend the hunter, and his friend the hunter is like, no, I'd shoot that guy. Like, uh, yeah. And so he goes there, and Yoshiba goes, hmm, yeah, this guy is going to shoot me. <laughs> and he says, if I don't stop this right now, he's going to shoot me. So yeah. he stops it. And what's great is the little spin he puts on in the end is like, 
look, I'm a great perceiver of intent. Right. And I could perceive <laughs> that your intent was so great, you actually would have shot me. Most right. people are not like you. Right. You are one of the few You are a true people. master. Right. Right. Master of Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay, so the spin he put on that is even though he couldn't do it again, when it wasn't set up by him, all of a sudden, he spun it in a way right. that it seems even more impressive. Like, that story honestly hit me harder when I heard it right. than the other stories because I was like, whoa, he whoa. Could perceive right, 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 right. this guy would have shot him no matter what. Right? And truthfully, what you're saying is is correct in that, like, if, if, if that's the truth, the second story is more um, – would be more impressive than the first story, right? Right. To be able to see that, like, oh, no, this guy's definitely going right. to – that is the greater power, I would right. think, than, than getting out of the way of bullets is knowing when you're not going to be able to get right. out of the way of bullets. Right. Yeah. You shoot before you shoot. Yeah, Thus, yeah, I cannot yeah, match yeah. powers with you. Okay. So that's – I mean, so that's the, you know, the the – the exciting fantasy version. Then there's the more realistic version, which is I just described. And then here's, I think, the truth of the whole thing, which is, look, if you understand the mind of someone before they take action, you can do whatever you want with that yeah. mind. And this is a part of, uh, you know, like, so if, you know, all those guys, the soldiers, they could have absolutely not been on in on it. Right. And um, by doing that, he just deceived them yeah. and yeah. so he was ahead of their minds so right. he got them and then he also was ahead of the situation with the guy who actually would shot him and right. the second he realized like this guy's serious he will he right. will shoot me or at least there's a good chance he's going to shoot me then he spun it the other way right that is the truth of Aiki right. also which is like understand the mind of the person you're dealing with and work with their mind right. not with their actions and so even if it wasn't you know he has these six people or whatever trying to shoot him even if it wasn't a trick in in that they're in on it or not in on it but that it's a trick um it is in a like grand understanding like possible that that he you know you can read the intent to know like they don't really want to shoot me there i think that's entirely possible you know yeah like therefore they're gonna hesitate and if i can understand enough to move in that moment of hesitation or you know understanding that like they're they're all going to be shooting in this general direction and if they don't want to miss me or if they don't want to actually shoot me they're going to aim high low blah blah right, so right. i just don't have to be there way, you know right um that sounds a little more mystical or a little more magical but still within the realm of like something that that is worth looking at. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this situation went down. Yeah. Somehow. How it went down, uh, who kind of cares in a way? I mean, so I could think of lots of ways it went down, but the truth is it right. deceived right. people, right. you right. know? And, and this is a problem a lot of amateur magicians have is that they get so into, like, the technical details of how the thing happened that they miss the important thing, huh. which is everyone watching was blown away right. by the right. thing that actually happened. That's interesting, uh... Because we say that about Aikido a lot. Also. Right. You know, right. people get right. so bogged down in the technical details that right. they forget the how it actually went, you know, or right. what actually went down. That right. it's about the relationship between the right. two of you and however it happens, if you can, you know, make that work, then there it is. Right. Interesting. Okay. We are at 42 minutes. Oh, okay. wow. That went yeah. really fast. Yeah. There's probably I was, more to. I was tricked. I was mesmerized. I was mesmerized. <laughs> But, I think that's very interesting, though. No, and I, I think it's interesting to, to lay things out, like, you know, because it is easy enough to just be like, old man had some kind of magic powers. 
Um, and it's also easy enough to be like, of course, old man didn't have magic powers, and neither do you. Right. You know, right, like I think. Right. But as we know, it, tr- the truth lays somewhere. I was thinking this morning that anytime someone says just, it's a problem. That was just a trick. Right, right. He just has magic powers. That's just history. That's just the truth. That's just a lie. They're simplify they're oversimplifying something that that needs to be looked into. Because if you want to know how it actually worked, you can't say it just. Yeah. It you know? just works. It, he just has magic powers. What the fuck does that mean? He just right. tricked you. What do you mean he just tricked you? How did he trick yeah, yeah. all those people? Like, you know, any of that stuff is like when, when, when you're hearing someone say, oh, they just, oh, that's just science. Oh, that's just martial arts. Oh, that's just like you're, you're, you're dismissing stuff out of hand when it should be looked at more. If we're, if we're trying to get to the bottom of what's going on, sure. you know. I wonder, too, if it's like these stories that Ueshiba kind of encouraged and put out into the world. Like, honestly, I kind of maybe think he didn't predict how far they might go. Um, because like, if you think about like, if you're a teacher and you're wanting to get students and you're telling these stories, um, then these things happen and then your students become teachers and then they tell these stories about you and they tell them to their students. Um, and when you, when you're telling something to your student, you kind of have a little bit of control over how it's, um, how it's going and, and what time you tell that, that story to that student. You know what I mean? As in, like, what time do they need it in their learning progression? You know, and so it's. I, I wonder if, like, because now we, Aikido has gotten bigger than maybe he would have imagined, and those stories have flown a lot farther than they would have imagined. They're getting to people, um, and people are making more out of them than they need to yes, without having the learning and the like, the background in Aikido. You know what I mean? It's like my guess would be Yoshiba was uh, perfectly aware of this and delighted <laughs> by it. You know, like yeah, maybe. The, this goes back to you know there are all kinds of stories about Koryu founders like uh, of the old style martial arts who like this guy could walk on water and this guy yeah. held a sword that was three people long and you know like and so it's like that stuff just naturally happens and that's okay because right. it, it, the truth is for the modern practitioner who actually cares it's their job to understand what those stories mean right. to like root through them and figure out how they actually but are. we haven't been doing a very good job so, about. So what Some of saying, us have. What, <laughs> what we're saying is uh, martial arts, it's magic. Clearly, that is. That right, is that the, was, yep, that's that the takeaway, guys. Or it's, or it's just a trick. It's, it's just, just a, a trick, trick, guys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I like saying that, uh, that it's magic. I mean, I think it's, like, it's fun when I hear any new, like, one of these new stories to think about how might that have actually gone down, you know? Or, well, this is, or how maybe has this story changed over time? Right. Well, this is, I think, my – this is the, the kind of question that I was asking earlier about whether or not we are in a, a place where that's – where, you know, magic, quote, unquote, is, is acceptable, you know, um, because, you know, yes, people are doing those things. But uh, I think the way that people are looking at martial arts now is different than it was um, then. Even yeah. if even if they're they're we really are wanting, we probably still are wanting the same thing, which is like I want magical powers, like right, right. I mean, I think unfortunately but we're looking at it. We are. We think we're more educated now, but we're not. So you know, it's like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. People study Brazilian jiu-jitsu for self-defense. I think 
there's one sliver of self-defense that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu right, is awesome right, at, right. but people think that by learning Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they'll kind of know how to handle anything. That's right. And it's like, that's well, yeah. three dudes with knives on a battlefield, you're not going to handle. You know what I mean? Right, like, so right. there's a million situations that it doesn't count. And so we just delude ourselves in different ways now and right, ways right. that seem intelligent. Like me saying that, for example, I guarantee there are a bunch of people who do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Go, he is wrong. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is the best self-defense. Well, and, you know? and, you know, even looking at it, I mean, I, th- I still think – and maybe we touched on this last time or on one of the podcasts, but this idea of like a uh, small guy beating big guy, like that's like we learn a martial art right. so that we can overcome odds that we shouldn't, we think that we shouldn't be able to overcome, which is a magical thing to right, say. Right, right. So, right. Um, yeah, I think we're just yeah deceiving ourselves in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Maya was nodding, very enthusiastic. I was, yeah, sorry. All right. And then I was looking to see, okay, is it is it patron yeah, time? Yeah. Okay, it's, cool. I think it's patron. It's always patron time it's, around here. It is. It's patron o'clock constantly. Um, thank you so much to our patrons. We really appreciate your support. Um, you guys have made it possible for us to do this podcast. Um, if you're interested in donating to our podcast, it, literally like a yeah. buck a month means something to us. It's wonderful. And you get to get your name read. And um, we are also – one half of one step closer to having some something for you guys. Yes, we finally got some art so. for our. Uh, well, podcast. we we almost have. <laughs> that's some why art. I we said, have some. That's why I said we're one. We have some close, one half, close art. One half of one step closer. I've uh, also been looking at T-shirt printing, so that's how as far as we've got. Uh, so there is, uh, yeah. So at some point, there may be something for you guys. <laughs> That's all. Like, yeah. Remember when Josh promised everyone something one and year was like, ago? Yes, that and was I like... am this much closer to getting that done. <laughs> I'm just reminding our listeners that I am putting, me personally, am doing nothing to get any closer, but we are still getting closer. <laughs> Thanks for that. That's true. Um, so anyway, thank you so much to Barrett Lippy, Ben Bear Wrestler Aldrich, Brian Crowley, Brooke Ferragamo, Christopher Aceto, Constantinos Andrew, Dave Dewberry, Flor Hanawick, Francis Cordon, Franz Martinson, Grant Templin, Hillary Jones, Jim Gallant, Jim Sullivan, Lenny Acuna, Lisa Klein, Marcin Chis, Matt Mumford, Matt Riley, Michael Heed, Ocon Ayrton, Randy Stewart, Sam Sulian, Scott Burns, Sension Center, Sharon Okada, Spider-Man in San Jose, yes. The Hatchet Man, <laughs> Thomas Polino, Tommy Siv, and Yuli Simgu. Thank you guys. It's awesome as you're reading uh, that uh, there, like the way that you're reading. There's these little waves that lead me to go. Oh, she's almost done. No, uh, uh, <laughs> no. There's more. There's more. So, it's good. Um, it's good that it's a long list. Yeah, it's very good. Um, share the podcast with your friends and uh, like and s- subscribe and leave a review for us. Reviews are very helpful. Yeah. So if you can do that when you get the chance. Um, tell us how great we are, how much we suck with <laughs> either one. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's uh, let's go with our tip of the week. Tip of the week. Yeah. Um, I've got two, depending on how you're feeling. Okay. Um, if you're still in quarantine and That's tips of the week, but tips whatever. of the week. Um, if you're still in quarantine um, and you aren't uh, able to train in the dojo right now, um, go read some stories about Ueshiba oh, yeah. and um, you know, there's different versions, so it's fun to read the different versions and see how they differ depending on who's telling the story. Um, and try and figure out if you can see what, what maybe was going on or how, you know, that story maybe changed, um, and how that fits with, you know, what you think Aikido is doing. Um, and the other tip is, 
Um, don't ever say it's just blank. <laughs> if you care at all about thinking about something in right. depth, if you find yourself going, well, it's just history, right? then, oh, maybe history is not as straightforward as we right. think it is. Right. Yeah. Particularly <laughs> if you if you really are interested in a subject, you know, like, right. so, you know, if you're interested in martial arts, it's never just martial arts or it's right. just a punch. Well, if you're interested in punches, it's not just a right. punch. What kind of punch is it? What was going on with that? Right. Why might you do it? Why might you not throw it? Right. Yeah. Right. Whatever it is. Yeah. I like that. Uh, and then I would just say to everyone out there, because things are really kind of crazy uh, in all yeah. parts of the world right now, and uh, especially in the United States and lots of our major cities, uh, things are um, crazy, to say the least. So be safe out there uh, if you do find yourself out and about, um, you know, protesting or um, whatever, be safe and understand that uh, there are there is some craziness happening out there and uh, know, yeah. what, know what you're getting into and be prepared. Be aware of your ahead. surroundings. Yeah. Stay ahead. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, guys. All right, guys. Okay. See you next week. Talk to right. you next week.